Hello, and once again, welcome to the Professors in Podcast. I am Kel Weinhold, the interview person. Every word I can think of seems like appropriation, so I'm just going to say person who does interviews and the productivity coach for the Professors in, and I am joined by... Hi, I am Dr. Karen Kelsky of The Professor Is In, and as always, I'm delighted that you're here with us today, and I and my team are busy editing job documents and helping with grants and book proposals and all of those things, and negotiating job offers, which are, believe it or not, already coming in. And before we go any further, just a shout out to all the people who have made the choice to to fork over that $3.99 a month to support the podcast. We really appreciate you. We really appreciate you. You make it possible for us to do this, and you make it possible for us to pay our amazing editor. Stephanie Blair Watts. Yes. A shout out to Stephanie Blair. She makes us sound good. Now, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. If you're a member of the podcast for your $3.99 a month, you get to listen to us early and watch the zoom recording of us um, that we're doing right this second so you get to see what really happens like the fact that this one line took about four takes so um get to see my lipstick yep so if you are interested head on over to bit.ly slash our pod o-u-r-p-o-d that's b-i-t dot l-y slash o-r-u-p-o-d sign up come join us in the conversation in the background I have to just say it is O-U-R-P-O-D. What did I say? You said O-R-U the second time. The first time you said it right, the second time you said it O-R-U. Okay, let's just, I'm just going to own this up front. We normally, repod- <laughs> Jesus Christ. we normally record the podcast in the mornings, which is when I am a functional human being. We are recording this podcast at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time which is basically an hour and a half before my bedtime. So we're just going to cross our fingers that anything I have to say makes sense. Indeed. All right. So So today we're going to talk about interviewing. And we're going to talk about grants. And we're going to talk about your articles. We are. (laughs) Yeah, because what we're going to talk about in all those things Mm. is your identity as a scholar Mm -hmm. and how you... Uh, how important those things are, mm-hmm. that not those things, how important your understanding of that is mm-hmm. for you to be successful in any of those categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's start with talking about grants because one of the things that, you know, I love your foolproof grant proposal. Mm-hmm. As template. does Template, excuse me. Again, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, an hour and a half until my bedtime. Um, and people rave about it, and it's made millions and millions of dollars, and mm-hmm. that's not even exaggeration. Mm-hmm. And like so many things with the professors, and I think you and I get a little bit like, well, everybody knows about mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. So first of all, just be aware, folks, that you can go to the website and get a printout. You can see the the foolproof grant template. template. Yeah, it's in a blog post by that yeah. name. Yeah, so just go check that out. But I want to talk, I want you to and talk. And it's, it's in the book as well, by the way. Yeah. I want you to talk a little bit about the hero narrative of the grant Mm -hmm. and how your identity as a scholar matters right there. Yeah, and you know, I just did an interview intervention yesterday in which what you're saying about identity as a scholar really encapsulated the issues that the client was having. 
in the interview as well. And so I see what you're saying, that right. it just it does translate from the grant to the interview, mm-hmm. that there is a sense of who you are, what you do, and why it matters. Mm-hmm. And being able to express that really concisely is the key to everything. And it's with evidence, not emotions. So Facts, not feelings. Facts, not feelings. So the, um, the foolproof grant template has you start out in the first two paragraphs, and basically you have a, a, a really great intro sentence uh, that states a problem or issue in the world, whether you're doing medieval French literature or you're doing current you know, contemporary climate change, whatever it is, it's, uh, it really captures what that is, but in basically one, perhaps two sentences, then you start out with, um, then you follow that with uh, two bodies of literature. So sentence one is anthropologists have this to say, and, uh, and then area study scholars have this to say. Uh, so you're covering two bodies of literature. And then you have the next sentence, which is, however, nobody to date has examined the question of blah, blah, blah. And then you follow that with a sentence that says, my project will basically fill that gap, although you don't necessarily use the word fill that gap. We try to avoid that because that's a bit of a trigger term to a lot of tenured faculty who, I don't know, we could go into why, but whatever. In any case, um, but my project will basically address that thing that has not yet been addressed in the field. And then you have... um, Pardon me, pardon me, I got ahead of myself. After the two bodies of literature and nobody has yet addressed this, you have to have a stakes. What are the stakes of that? And you say, but yet a failure to understand X, Y, and Z will lead us to these dire consequences. And then you say, my project will examine. And then you say, I am applying to the blah, blah, blah fellowship in order to complete my uh, dissertation, complete my book, complete whatever on this thing that I just said I'm going to do. So what I think that that is written in there and that I I want to, you know, be like that independent film where they zoom in on, <laughs> all the way down to the to the little bug on the grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe they go in reverse, but. But I think what's really important in there and that takes so much work to to do it effectively is not just my project will, right? Mm-hmm. My project will do this. But to do what my project will, you have to understand who you are, what you do, how you fit. I mean, that whole section mm-hmm. demands of you a self-knowledge. It does. It, the very first sentence demands self-knowledge in the sense that you don't open, using my template, which, as you said, over 20, over 20 years has gotten millions and millions of dollars for people in grant, grants, uh, does not start out with my dissertation is about. Right. It does Please not. God, no. And you won't get that past me, ever, uh, if you work on a grant with me, because that is not, that is not understanding yourself as a scholar in the world. And a scholar in conversation. In conversation. You, that is understanding yourself as a grad student in a program, someone whose scope is microscopically small. My dissertation is about. I mean, you, you know, it's important. Like, this is not to dismiss your dissertation or the fact that you're going to describe it, but rather to make a case to an external funder or even a campus funder, frank, frankly, but someone who resides outside of your head and outside of your doctoral committee, you actually have to reach much further than that. You have to dig much deeper than that. You have to say, what's the topic? What's the thing out there in the world that you're, that you're addressing? So, you know, uh, 
polar bears, uh, polar bear populations are declining drastically uh, in the last uh, 35 years as a result of climate change. That's a great opening sentence. That doesn't mention your dissertation at all, right? Or your book, or what? Or and it also doesn't say many scholars have been addressing the decline in polar bear populations. Again, we're not talking scholars. We're not talking dissertations. We're talking a thing that exists. So you have you have like understood that you are entitled to state that, if right. that makes sense. Right. You have that. You have that. That standing to say, bam. Throw down the gauntlet. This thing matters. And then, of course, because this isn't readers... Well, I'm not going to say readers... I was going to say readers digest. Do we even have that anymore? Does that even exist? But because this isn't... So dated yourself. Yeah, so but dated. anyway, moving along. But um, uh, this isn't, um, you know, whatever, the Discovery Channel, let's say that. Um, this is scholarship. Therefore, you immediately follow it with scholars in the field A say X, scholars in field B say Y, Yet nobody to date has ex- has examined Z. The failure to examine Z leads to dire consequences. My project will. And by the way, my project will is what we call the hero narrative. Right. You're the right. hero of this nobody narrative. Nobody but you can nobody, do Nobody. You're riding in on your white horse and you are with your flag and you are going to save us all. Okay. 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 I got it. We got it. Okay. We, got the, we got the structure. What I want to challenge people to do who are listening, and I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about this, is that the reason you fall back on my dissertation does mm-hmm. or scholars have been doing mm-hmm. is because you have not sat down and said this is my to use a form in your a thing in your book this is my campaign platform like mm-hmm. this is who i am this is where i position myself so what do you think of the questions that people can just sit in reflection let's just say it's on a piece of paper somewhere before mm-hmm. they ever write the grant what are the questions you can ask yourself to begin to see like, okay, then who am I? I mean, the mm-hmm. existential question becomes the, <laughs> mm-hmm. becomes the academic question of mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, I got to write this grant. My confidence is nil because I've been in graduate school for how many, ever many years. I only see myself in relation to people who are more power, I perceive mm-hmm. as more powerful than I am. What are the questions you can ask yourself to start to explore, to, to nestle into your spot? Well, I would say, first of all, this, this may seem flippant, but uh, one question is, if you were sitting next to someone on the airplane back in the days when we first talked, uh, when we used to talk on airplanes to strangers, um, I- before they got bored and shut their eyes and pretended to sleep, <laughs> what, uh, to get away from you, what would you, uh, what would you tell them right. that you're working on? Right. Because if it doesn't appeal to someone at that level, you are to a degree missing the mark, at least for that essential first sentence, at least for that essential framing of, wow, who am I? And I think this is really delicate territory because we see this, and I can flip this over to interventions for a minute, for, to interview. Interview, interview interventions for a minute, is that we see people so excited about their project that they start on these massive introductions of this thing that they're so excited mm-hmm. about what you may not realize is that in you know there's this molecule that does this thing and and you all you have to you know you talking about the person on the airplane i always think of you're like super smart niece or nephew mm-hmm. at a holiday dinner and mm-hmm. they're like hey uncle Stan, what's your research about? Mm-hmm. And four sentences in, 
they've picked up their phone and are mm-hmm. watching TikTok or mm-hmm. their <laughs> what eyes are closing right, and are drooling. Right. But but it's but so it's such a delicate balance because you do want to say, hey, there's this thing going on. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's this. Hey, look, but not. I mean, I've worked with a lot of STEM folks who it's quite difficult to pull out of them, you know, that this level that we're talking about. But at some, it might be something like, well, I work on renewable energy. Right. Um, Now, they're going to have get breakout in hives in a way to say that because what they work on is this molecule. Right. And they want to talk about the molecule. Right. But, um, and both of them are equally valid. The the big picture, renewable energy, global climate change, uh, finite resources, uh, death and destruction will befall all of us if we don't solve this problem. Like, that's all true. And your molecule and what it does and how cool it is, that's also true. So mm-hmm. it's not an issue of one being better than the other. It's an issue of code switching right. and mobilizing different kinds of language for different kind of purposes. And generally speaking... At the interview and at the grant level, um, kind of the big punchy, the big punchy picture, is mostly what people want, and uh, and then later, you know, in at certain moments, in certain points in the interview, probably more on the campus visit, and certain points in the grant, if you are given enough pages to deal with it, you can get into a, a couple paragraphs of nitty gritty mm-hmm. technical detail. Mm-hmm. I think, it, so for me as a former journalist, I think about, and especially when I'm prepping people for interviews, I think about how we are all as humans compelled by narrative. Mm-hmm. That we're really interested in the story. We're interested in why it matters or mm-hmm. what it means. Mm-hmm. And you have a blog post um, on the professors in called um, How to Write the Construct, the, the, How to Write the Conference, conference abstract. abstract. Yeah. And and it follows very much that along those same lines. Mm-hmm. What's the big conversation that's being had? Mm-hmm. What's what are the, what is the discussion happening in your field? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the think people saying? Mm-hmm. Where does this intervene? So it's 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 doing the same things, but it's asking about the project. Mm-hmm. So I often have people in interventions say that the first sentence that you need to say when discussing your work, the first question you need to answer is what is my work largely about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What is my work largely about? Right? And people (laughs) will fall back in a heartbeat to, it sits in the intersection. They do. And it's like, no, 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 no. no." Because you're already talking like a grad student, like a, there's a better, there's got to be a better term than grad grad student. Because it isn't grad student. But it's it's grad student-esque in the sense that you are, you have, you are myopic. In like that, it, what, that what matters to your listener is it sits at the intersection of the fields of anthropology and sociology and women's studies. Like, no, nobody wants to hear that. Well, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't to me, mean it's not, anything. To me, it's not that nobody wants to hear it. It's that if you have a very limited number of words mm-hmm. to engage a listener or minutes mm-hmm. to engage a listener or reader. And you start off with your first sentence out of your mouth is my work sits at the intersection of anthropology, sociology, and gender studies. You've used however many words that is to say nothing. Right. Right. Not now, to mention, can I just say that using the word sit as what your like third word in an interview um, is poor, is, is not effective. 
Right. Sid is not an action word. Right. So here's the way I, here's the question I use as a challenge, and I wonder if you think it might work for grants. Mm-hmm. I say, imagine yourself, ten, these are junior scholars, imagine yourself 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. You have been invited to be the respondent on a paper. Mm-hmm. What panel are you on? <laughs> That's funny. Right? Yeah. Right? You're not going to be yeah. on the panel of anthropology, sociology, and gender. There's right. no panel right. like that, right? Or the panel of your exact dissertation topic that you're working on right now. <laughs> right. That they're supposedly going to be doing in 10 years as a like symposium. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe they will. We don't want to dismiss that possibility, but it's unlikely. So more likely, my work is largely concerned with resilience mm-hmm. among X community, mm-hmm. you know, these communities within these factors, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. my work largely looks at the inner or the, 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 how this particular biosphere responds to this, you mm-hmm. know, I do fungi, but I do it within this, this world. I'm looking at how they do it. Mm-hmm. So you're not yeah. going to come and say, I do fungi mm-hmm. or fungi. Mm-hmm. Because that's fungi. too broad. Too broad. Yeah. And you're not going to say, I study morel mushrooms and their cell structure. That, you know, own a certain variety that only grow in, you know, one square mile in, mo- in the, in or in a one Southern Oregon. Right. Yeah. I guess, I guess, so, yes. I so, think, so that's a really great question. Like, so in other words, you start, you asked me what questions would you ask and it's how would you describe it to the guy on the airplane? How would you describe it to your smart young relative? How would you say your, what panel are you going to be discussing on in 10 years? And you can even say, if that freaks you out, you can say five years. And the reason is that for a lot of folks, the pace arcs of research projects or, or, you know, could be shorter than 10 years. I mean, people can change fairly dramatically right. on a shorter scale. But, um, but I guess the other, um, the other question you have to ask, and gosh, the word, my words feel so f- futile in a sense. It's so insufficient, but it's, um, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why does it matter, your thing? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Why does it matter? I feel like that jumps ahead to how did before, before how, how do you do what you do, right? I think that, like, in interviews, well, if, you uh, might, if you do the, your contribution before you lay out what you do, mm-hmm. then you've, you've, you've left everybody out of your whole process and sh- show how you fit well, into Well, yeah, but department. you're getting into technicalities now, whereas what we were actually working on was who are you as a scholar. Mm-hmm. And so to me, why does it matter is very much about the flag that you're carrying and that you're planting is that, oh my gosh, you, people have to know this thing and they have to know it because it matters Yeah, intensely. I, it, it makes me incredibly nervous mm-hmm. because I think that people go so quickly. Mm-hmm. They get so fixated on That's, contribution. Yeah, they do. And they get they go so quickly to argument before laying out mm-hmm. what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying, I think as you're exploring, mm-hmm. I think it's really easy for people to say why it matters. Mm-hmm. I guess that's I my point. No, my gosh, not at all. Oh. So we're talking about two different things then. This is the most important thing because nobody's ever done it before. I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. It, by the way, that's not a good enough reason mm-hmm. because nobody's ever done it. So what do you mean? You feel like in... I just feel like um, when I look at grant proposals, I mean, we're jumping back and forth between interviews and grant proposals. It's a little tricky, but but when I look at grant proposals, uh, the thing that's left off, 
people are so obsessed with what they're doing, that their topic, and even maybe, let's say, in literature, you know, maybe the texts they read and a bunch of jargon about about how to analyze and what, what theoretical school they're drawing from, that they... Um, that they just routinely forget why it matters. The so what? Yeah, the so what question. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing about that about grant writing is that the the grant and the interview and the job search in general, the grand rule, the number one rule of all of those things is it's not about you. Right. It's about them. It's about the department that's hiring. It's about the granting agency. They have it's agendas. About the journal you're writing the journal, for. And they have agendas and that basically they just want to know that whatever warm body is in front of them, either through the means of your uh, of your grant proposal or a live interview or whatever, they just want to know that this warm body is going to deliver to them what they need so that they can further their agenda. And so um, and so basically if you don't speak to that specific agenda and and that also includes your outcomes, uh, your deliverables. Then um, and all you and instead all you do is say, well, I'm obsessed with this one novel, and I'm just going to grind that novel into the ground through twelve pages, and, and never lift your eyes up to look at the wider landscape. Then that is not going to be an effective grant. So it's very hard for me to understand the grant a person would write about for a novel, but I understand that you might want archive research or something like that. So, okay. I guess that, so I think we're saying the same thing, right? We're saying, or, or except I want to just make it a little bit more granular in that I want people to understand that where we both see people not claim why this matters I think of it as, and, I'm, and Karen, I think you would agree, is this is that that lack of confidence as a scholar to claim your space. Mm -hmm. And so what we're talking about is like, know your platform, know who you are, know who you're in conversation with. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is us coming at it from every direction we can think of mm -hmm. for you to actually claim your space mm -hmm. and say, yeah. this is what I work on. Uh -huh. This is, is how I do it, how I do it. And these this are, is why it matters. And these are the people I'm talking these are to. These the people I'm talking to. And this is why it matters. This is why it matters. And if you can't, Get one of those things, mm -hmm. right? This is what I do. This is how I do it. This is who I'm talking who to, I'm talking to, and this is why it matters. Mm -hmm. If you send, spend some time exploring each of those and really refining it is when you're going to be able to, in a grant, in mm -hmm. an interview, and in an article, because mm -hmm. I swear, Jane Jones and I have talked about this a lot when we designed The Art of the Article, the reason articles don't get accepted is people cannot articulate how it fits into the current conversation. Mm -hmm. And you can't talk about how it fits in the current conversation if you don't have any idea who you are mm -hmm. in that conversation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I have to say. Yeah, no, for sure. I just, um, you know, I, I was just uh, working with someone... And it turned out that this person, this was an interview intervention, it turned out this person had an absolutely spectacular record, a truly, ex actually an extraordinary record in their field. And, um, and I did not realize this because I started the intervention and started talking to them, and the person sounded so apologetic, so diffident, so self-sabotaging, 
that it was that I was struggling, I, I was asking them, no, don't just say that you're passionate about teaching. Like, hey, don't say you're passionate about teaching at all, because that's useless, as Ever. our listeners know. But um, but actually, why don't you tell you know tell me here in this response that you're you're practicing with me, you know exactly what you teach and how you teach it, or tell me exactly what you have. I'm trying to I'm being very vague about details for anonymity purposes, um, you know specifically um, what you published, what you did, what you, all of these things, and it was like uh, it was like pulling teeth to get anything specific out, and because of that, I said, well, for heaven's sake. Let me just look at your CV and I'll figure out what you did and then I'll give it back to you for you to then give it back to me. And that's when I got the CV out and I said, oh my, what is that? What is going on here? And the, so I guess I'm bringing all this up because there's this sense that you, who you are as a scholar does not hinge on how much you've achieved, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. When you're beginning, when you're just starting out, it is hard. It is hard because you don't have a deep bench of things, publications to draw on and so on. But what I want everyone to understand is it does not um, organically get better as you advance forward. It doesn't. You mean in describing yourself? In describing yourself, yeah. 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 You may have, you may produce more and more articles, more and more books, more and more achievements, more and more grants, and still walk into an interview apologetic and self-sabotaging. And hype and over diffident. And so this is a, so basically fix it now, like work on it now, even if you feel like your imposter syndrome is telling you, oh, I don't, I can't, you can, and it, and, and it will serve you for the rest of your career. Yes. So what, so our, so our sort of challenge for you in this conversation and in this podcast this week is sit yourself down. And look at those, write about, contemplate, you know, really examine those things. You know, what what is my research largely about? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the thing? And one of the other questions I ask people is, what is the question that compels you? Mm. What are you chasing? Because mm-hmm. you're chasing a quest, an answer. Mm-hmm. And you started doing this work because it's something niggled at mm-hmm. you and you started chasing it. Or what are you upset that people don't understand? Right. That's a that's that a phrase that I use, I use right? all the time. Like, what are you just? You're like, no, you don't understand. We have to because, and then that's pretty much that's going to be the statement. Right, of and your I think work. that there's sort of you see those people like you who are like, what do people not understand? Damn it, you need to know this, and sort of marching into whatever. And I think that there are also people who are just like fascinated by, or mm-hmm. they really want to, like, I came to understand. That this, the way that the earth responded as we're digging down into it, wait a minute, I think that we can do these things in the drilling of mines that really changes this. And there's that scientific brain mm-hmm. that's just like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. So where where does your curiosity lie? And don't let graduate school and, and grants and junior faculty, all that stuff stresses take you so far away from it mm-hmm. that you can't articulate look i'm a hydrology engineer and i am particularly interested in how we can most effectively maintain straw waterways and stream beds for salmon populations mm-hmm. right and that's what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. 
I'm going to do it 25 different ways mm-hmm. because there are 25 different kinds of dream pets, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it those ways, right. right? So so who are you? Yeah. How do you work? Yeah, like what specifically do you work on? Who, With whom are you working in mm-hmm. conversation? Mm-hmm. And why should I possibly care? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I think that... Um, Junior scholars, I see, I see senior scholars do it in the other direction, right? Junior scholars are like, you should care because I did it, and it's great, and I'm so excited about it. It's like, yeah, I don't care. And j- senior scholars are like, because I've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that motivates me. But think of it like that, the, what we call the so what paragraph yeah. in journalism, right? Yeah. You do the whole introduction, and then there's that, this matters because the democracy right. is failing. Right, yeah. So, that's so explore those things folks yes and remember and just this is how we started and i want to end on it we've jumped around quite a bit to different sort of i'm going to use this very eugene word modalities Mm. (laughs) but which i hate with a hot hate but basically don't fetish you can come to the professor's inn and get tons of advice about how to interview and how to write your grant, and how to write your article. But what we've tried to get across today is that there is a sense of yourself and your contribution, your your work and your methods and your contribution that carries across all of those things. And in some ways, that's the foundational work. Is yes. Who, who am I? So we come back to that. Who am I as a scholar? And, I, and just to wrap up, it's really, really hard to mm-hmm. do. So and sometimes it involves therapy. And not because you have to ask your therapist, like, who am I or how do I figure out who I am as a, as a scholar, but rather that sometimes the blockages, and actually that's pretty much the reason I got into that whole story about the previous client, is because it turns out with many, many people, there's actually a very deep blockage. Right. It's, a, it's at this level. It's not at this level. It's here. Karen's pointing to her chest oh, and yeah, then yeah, pointing yeah. to her head. Right, because I, I was thinking that we're on video, but only some folks are going to see the video. But, yeah, that um, that this may uh, get into – that my conversation with that client ended up talking about his father. Right. And that was not arbitrary. That was absolutely core to the obstacles that he was confronting in his interview prep. So, mm-hmm. you know, these are these are deep questions. And, and you've talked a lot about how people, when they work with you on, on applications, job applications, that they talk about what a transformative experience mm-hmm. it was in understanding themselves as a scholar. Yeah, for sure. That your four drafts of working through those first two paragraphs of, mm-hmm. you know, this is my research and this is where it's, where it, you know, what I've been doing with it forces people into that process. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. those two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Just like I think the grant... Um, template does mm-hmm. absolutely how the tell me about your research mm-hmm. question in an inter- intervention does mm-hmm. it it it's like baptism by fire it is it is so it's interesting I have that blog post called negotiating as therapy which is about negotiating but it's funny because we could call it editing as therapy yes honestly yeah and interviewing as therapy <laughs> we could I mean because honestly and uh, yeah I mean not, I not just, to make it more scary but I was just that just makes me laugh because I've had two two of the people two people that I work with directly. So I work with individual clients on productivity coaching, and I work in small groups and individual people. And I've had two different people this week who are in groups of people going up for tenure, and they've already gone up for tenure, and they have all used you on um, for their tenure docs to prep oh. for going up for tenure. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing, like having somebody like 
like meld you like you know like a hammer and a and and heat or like you know like a, well, I'm trying to think of what like, like the blacksmith like getting yeah. you into shape right. and two these are two different people in two different groups who both use the phrase painful but valuable <laughs> so I guess here's what we're saying this right. is a painful process a and painful you can have process. other people walk you through it and we're happy to but yeah. you can also start that process mm-hmm. and it's hard so go yeah. go forth and hammer. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye.